Hello, hello, and welcome to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Season 4, Episode 4. Now, as I've told you, Meet Mediocrity Season 4 is all about things I wish I knew when I was starting my career. And look, I, I, I give this little caveat or disclaimer that I'm not telling stories that are confidential. I'm not using names that are real. I'm not even actually using the exact facts. Um, but I'm using a collection of experiences, mine and my observations of others, to, to share stories that I think will be relatable and that might be usable for you as you're progressing in your work and in your career. So today's episode, the fourth episode in this series, I think it's going to be somewhere between 8 and 10, maybe, maybe 12 episodes, but today's episode is about selling. And look, I believe we're always selling. I believe all of us are selling ourselves all the time. So you can't tell me that when you are going out to dinner and you dress a certain way, you're not trying to sell yourself. Or the way you speak with someone, your tone of voice, the persona you put out. Are you going to be a tough guy? Are you going to be a laid back person? I think about social media. When you put yourself on social media, you're often selling. Now, you might not be selling my life is great, although a lot of people do that on social media, but you might be selling I like to work out, check me out, I'm working out, or I love to go places with my family, and this is me and my family on vacation. It's all selling. It's selling a persona and perception of yourself. So selling in your career is, is very similar. Now, you could be selling a service. You could be selling yourself. You could be selling, uh, you know, you could be selling a, a product, but it shouldn't be seen as taboo. It shouldn't be seen as a used car salesman, or it shouldn't be seen as, when I was a kid, it was the fuller brush person. So the Fuller Brush Man would come to our door once a month to sell household products to my mother. And my mother always seemed to buy something. And that night, my father, every night my father would come home from work and he would give my mother such a hard time. Why are you buying this junk? And my mother would say, but it's useful. And the Fuller Brush Man was so convincing. Well, this became such a source of contention in my household when I was a kid that when my mother saw the Fuller Brush Man coming up the block, she would close the door and tell me and my sister to go to our bedrooms and not say a word while the Fuller Brush Man knocked on the door and rang the doorbell so that we could pretend we weren't home so she wouldn't buy anything. Selling isn't that. You don't have to be the Fuller Brush Man or a used car salesperson in order to be selling. Now, let's just assume you're watching, or watching this video or listening to this podcast thinking, I'd like to hear what Mitch has to say about selling. Look, if you want to sell, I think selling is a human thing. Now, I'm not talking about selling a can of soda or a cleaning product, but when you're selling a service or you're selling a, even if you're selling a particular product, but it's a human sales experience, 
So you're in a clothing store and the salesperson is trying to sell you something or you walk into a car dealership, see, car dealership, but not necessarily used car salesman, but a salesperson who's part of the selling experience. In those instances, it's human, the human seller and the human buyer. And to me, if you want to be an effective salesperson, you need to understand the buyer as a human being. And so how do you understand the buyer as a human being? Look, I think what you need to do is gather evidence. And different selling situations give you different opportunities to gather evidence. So sometimes you'll gather evidence in perhaps an unfair way based upon the person's speech or the way they dress or the car they're driving. These are superficial, they can be stereotypical, and they may not lead to the right answer. But it's evidence gathering. You're gathering evidence to create a hypothesis about the person you're selling to. Now, more importantly than those superficial things are really starting to understand the human being. So I always, before I meet with anyone, I try to find out as much as I can about that person. So. I'm not judging them based upon the car they drive, but I am judging them based upon things I'm learning about them. So for example, I will Google them. I will look on their LinkedIn profile to learn things like, where did they go to school? How long ago did they go to school? What did they study? Where have they worked? How many jobs have they had? Um, How long have they been in their current job? I look at their social media if I can find them and say, do they have children? Do they have pets? Where do they like to go on vacation? What do they like to do? And you, you, you gather a profile of the person you're going to be meeting and ultimately selling yourself to. The, the act of gathering this evidence and creating a hypothesis allows you to kind of imagine yourself in their shoes when you are speaking with them and ultimately selling to them. So I think this evidence gathering is really important. And I'm going to tell you a story about kind of my journey and a couple of learnings I've had in my, my career journey. So for those of you who know me, I could, I, look, you, I could divide my career because I've been around a long time. I could divide my career into a lot of different, a lot of different subsections. But let's say, broadly speaking, client service, customer service, sales, and then, and then business leading. I think those are kind of my three paths. And, you know, when I wanted to, I reached a point in my career, this is now probably seven, eight years ago, I knew that the thing I liked the most about my job was selling. And I liked it because to me, I like the human to human connection. To me, to me, I, I naturally get excited to try to figure out where the other person's coming from, not just in sales, but in life. You know, I often make a joke that if I was introduced to a mass murderer, my first reaction wouldn't be shame on you. My first reaction would be, I wonder why you became that. I'm just, in, in, I'm just curious about the person on the other side of this discussion or the other side of the story. And to me, selling is that game in, on steroids. 
So when I wanted, when I decided that I wanted to move my career from customer service to focus predominantly on selling, I actually started, I did an investment in myself. I, I found someone who was a forensic psychologist. And, and, and the whole objective was to find someone who would help me help other people. So help me be better at helping other people become better salespeople. Because that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to help people become better salespeople because I had so much fun selling. And so I hired this woman, forensic psychologist, and, and she said, I asked her about her experience. And she's a fascinating woman. She told me that she did spent a lot of time doing jury selection. So jury selection, helping a lawyer assess people to be on a jury with very limited information, very limited evidence, but to figure out who are the right people to sit on the jury to help win, help the attorney win their case. So jury selection. The other thing she told me she did, which was fascinating, was crime scene crime scene analysis. You know trying to figure out, not based on fingerprints so much, because fingerprints or DNA tell a whole story, but if the person left footprints, or they knocked over everything off a desk, that tells you about someone. If they were very thorough, and they, they cleaned every handle that they touched, that tells you about someone. And so you, looking for evidence to, to figure out what that person was all about, crime scene analysis. And so... I studied with this woman for over a year, and she taught me a, a lot of things about how to gather evidence. I mean, she called it profiling, but how to gather evidence and how to use that evidence to create a hypothesis about a person and how to test that hypothesis and modify the hypothesis as you went until you actually really felt like you knew the other person. And look, this isn't a magic trick. It's really the magic trick of, of super uber observation. And if you're really good at it, you can, and, and you don't have to be really good at it, but if you're really, really good at it, you can really understand where the person that you're selling to or that you're trying to influence is coming from. And if you're not good at it, but you become more aware of it than you are today, you can actually do a much better job than you might have otherwise done at, at connecting with that person across the table or across the phone line or across the video camera and, and do a better job of selling to them. So to me, selling is not a taboo thing. Selling is not a used car salesperson thing. Selling is about understanding the other human being across the table. So next time you know that you want to influence someone to buy something, you want to influence someone to hire you or to promote you, do your best to understand that other person before you start your pitch and you will connect better with them. The other thing you can do, the other thing you can do, so this is something that I haven't touched on yet, but it's the power of code development. So. Another thing when it comes to selling is don't necessarily go into a sales pitch with only one thing you can offer them. So, you know, it's funny. I just had this experience with someone who was going to do a project around my house. 
and you could tell they had one way of doing it. And when I say doing it, it was like the scope of the project had to be their scope of the project because that was the right way to do it. That was the only way to do it. And they, you know, said, you know, we need, we need to do this much work and we need to do this much free work and we need to kind of take this, take these rooms away from you while we work on them for this amount of time. And it was like, this is the right way it should be done and this is the only way it should be done. I had a different idea in mind. I thought the project should be done in phases. I thought the project should be done at where there could be a stopping point and then, and then a break and then an, uh, the project could continue later. This person would have nothing to do with it. It was the wrong way of doing it. Okay, let me tell you, I am quite certain this project could have been done more than one way. But this person was inflexible and they didn't get the job. So one of the things I like to tell people when they sell is sell what the person across the table that you've now come to understand, sell what they're ready to buy. So you know they need a big project, but they're only ready to do a small project? Do the small project. If you do it really well, you're going to get the big project eventually anyway. If you know they need to do the uh, three parts of a project and they're only willing to buy one, figure out a way to give them one and, and, and make it valuable and let them decide when they want to do projects two and three because that way you're building a relationship and you're actually co-developing the approach and the solution with the buyer. This is incredibly important in competitive situations because I can tell you the contractor who came into me who said, how, would, how do you see this happening? Let me see if I can work within that. What's important to you, Mitch? Let me see if I can work with that. That person is much more likely to get hired than the person who's like, you don't know my business. It's done this way. This is the only way to do it. And we see this in sales all the time. We come in and we, we have what we call a one-trick one pony. We come in and we say, this is, how, this is what we've got to sell. This is it. I think that level of flexibility, that level of asking the person that you're selling to, testing your, your approach with them, seeing their reaction, modifying your approach, all while doing your best to understand the human being on the other side of the table, will make you more likely to be successful in your sale. So let me wrap up a few, few key points here. So point one. Selling is not taboo. It's not the fuller brush person. It's not the used car salesman. It's life. Life is about selling, selling yourself, selling your services, selling your products. Life is about selling. Second point, reminder, understand the person at the other end of the table so you can walk in their shoes, so you can feel what it's like to be them as you approach them as, with a sale or a sales opportunity. So under, that's the second thing. Understand the person as much as you can using evidence gathering, using some form of what I would call fair and open-minded profiling so that you can, and test your hypothesis and get to know the person better as your conversation continues. So understand, selling's not taboo, understand the person. And the third thing is Co-develop that solution. 
Don't be that one trick pony. Go in and be flexible in what you sell so that you're selling what the buyer wants to buy. If you do a great job, you're going to get more work from that person. They're going to call you back and you're going to have you're going to have a, a client or a relationship with that person for for many years to come. So that's the Meet Mediocrity podcast season 4 episode 4 on selling. Let me remind you of a few quick things. The Meet Mediocrity podcast season 4 which is all about things I wish I knew when I started my career. Um will continue next week. Uh, episode five is going to be all about how to make a presentation. So how to how to make a spoken presentation, whether it's a speech or leading a meeting or what have you. I'm going to talk about that. I think we're going to have about ten episodes in season four. I'm already lining up guests for season five, which will be all about having guests, or we'll, we'll be back to having guests. Um, have conversations about all kinds of of wellness-related subjects. Um, Continue to follow us on on social media. Instagram posts almost every day. Facebook. um, Subscribe to our newsletter. There's a newsletter every single week, and it's a short, easy-to-read email. In order to subscribe, you just go to meetmediocrity.com, put in your email address, and boom, you'll get our weekly newsletter. So enough of that. Um, Thanks for listening to Meet Mediocrity Podcast Season 4. This has been Episode 4. And until next time, continue to keep smiling, stay healthy, and stay well. Take care, everyone.